And another reminder that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place, and it's free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools, so you can record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. And they'll distribute your podcast for free. So you can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. Just like us here at BraveMaker. Make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app today and go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 52 of the Brave Maker Podcast. This is Tony Gapastone. I am solo today as uh, many people are being encouraged to physically distant themselves. I'm not using the term social distancing because I'm probably being way more social than ever because I'm spending so much time trying to connect with people. And this episode is just that. Episode 52 is with LA street artist, graffiti artist, Morley. And I've been trying to track him down for some months. Funny enough, uh, after the quarantine happened, I messaged him. I said, hey, I know you said you could only do you know, Saturdays for podcasting. How about this Saturday? And uh, then he said, well, we could do another day. You know, I'm free now, blah, blah, blah. He thought I was in LA. And then when he realized I was in the Bay Area and we had the opportunity to do it via Zoom, he's like, oh, my schedule opens up way bigger now. So here we are on Monday recording this March 16th. Welcome Hooray. to Morley. Yeah. So let's, let's talk. Uh, first of all, this is a shout out to past guest, Adam Campbell. That's how I first found your art when I was at his house in LA some years ago. He actually has one of your, or had, I think he's moved to, had mm-hmm. one of your uh, pieces in his backyard. That's true. Yeah. He was one, one of, of the favorites. first. Uh, the, he was one of the first people who I ever painted anything uh, on their wall. And the whole time, I was like, "Are you sure you don't mind if I'm bringing the value of your house down by <laughs> painting on your wall?" Um, but that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So at this point, can you say that you brought that you did bring the value of his house up since it's since sold? I mean, isn't that the well, case, right? I definitely. I remember when I when I heard that it sold, and and uh, I saw um, on. Uh, of one of those like Redfin sites or whatever, how, however much it sold for. And I was like, I think that I uh, should get a cut of that because <laughs> I brought it up at least a dollar to a dollar fifty uh, in value. So, uh, or I a hope, cup of coffee or a nice <laughs> yeah. expensive cup of LA coffee. So you can listen yeah. to episode 34. <laughs> if you want to meet Adam Campbell, he's on episode 34. He's an actor and uh, connected friend to Morley. But hey, so Morley, just tell us about yourself. How did you brave your way in this creative industry? And you have a very unique set of creative talents. Go for it. Well, thank you. I, I guess I got started because, you know, I, I, I grew up in Iowa and um, in Iowa, there at least when I was growing up there, there wasn't a lot of street art. There wasn't a lot of uh, that kind of thing. Um, and so when I moved out to New York to go to film school, I went to a school called the School of Visual Arts. Um, and I went there to be a screenwriter. And when I arrived, I, I sort of discovered that, uh, you know, the school I was going to had so many different kinds of uh, creative expression, you know, uh, available to me. Like I was meeting people that were, you know, photographers. I was meeting, you know, fine artists. I was meeting graphic artists. I was meeting, you know, all these different kinds of, of, um, 
of different disciplines. And it was really exciting to, to sort of broaden my horizon as to what I was, you know, what I could do to, 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 to express myself. And it was especially helpful because, you know, screenwriting is a, is a very difficult uh, trade in that you kind of make a lot of blueprints for things that might never get built. And so I got really interested in street art when I started seeing it in New York because it, it seemed like, oh, well, this is the first time where, you know, you can create a piece of artwork that gets to live out its destiny and that it finds its audience. You're injecting it into their lives rather than saying, you know, come to my movie theater, come to my, you know, gallery opening or whatever. And so I was really interested in the idea to create artwork, create, you know, self-expression and, and, and get a chance to have people look at it and respond to it and interact with it and feel like it was, you know, part of, of their existence because they, you know, walked down the street one day and just happened upon seeing it. And that got really exciting to me. I, I started feeling like, you know, it was a really, um, at the time, it was a really under, you know, appreciated, you know, thing in the world because it was it was making the world a sort of more beautiful place ideally and and also it was something that didn't require any permission and it didn't require any kind of uh you know sponsors no it didn't require a lot of money you could really kind of do anything you wanted and so when I moved out to LA um to continue pursuing you know writing I, I realized that I, I this sort of hobby that I, I had started in in New York uh that I wanted to expand upon it out here and so I started creating uh these posters and the other thing I noticed about L.A., uh, New York as well, but, but especially in L.A., I noticed was, was just how lonely people could get and how alone and isolated it could feel. Um, New York is, is, is wonderful in a lot of ways because, you know, you're, you're jam-packed with a lot of people. It's, it's very, you know, compressed. So, so there's not as much space. In L.A., you can kind of exist all on your own, you know, driving in your car and not speaking to another person, not really interacting with them. And so I wanted to create artwork that came from a personal place that they could feel like a sense of, oh, this is a human being, not a logo or a brand or a, you know, um, a, a sort of identity that I can't relate to. It's a, it's a human being that suffers from the same, you know, struggles and, and, and deals with the same trials and tribulations and isn't necessarily any cooler than I am or any more hip. Um, and so that's why I started drawing myself into the pieces so that people could feel that human connection and they could see the messages coming from a, a human being, another person. So that's really why I got started doing what I do. And, and then, you know, again, at first it was really just because I needed some way to kind of let off some creative steam to feel like I was making something that people were getting to see. And it was just really exciting to, um, to, to start getting feedback, you know, people started contacting me, telling me that they really liked what I did, you know, via the different, you know, websites and, and uh, social media platforms and stuff. And so it was just really, uh, you know, edifying and, and, and empowering. And, and so I, it kind of just became my whole life, basically. <laughs> well, when I saw your piece in Adam's Backyard, I loved it just because it not only is it a visual medium, but you also, you're, say, you're literally saying something because you're painting words and and sayings and uh the i might not get exactly right but the one in adam's backyard said i love you so much i'd be willing to pick you up from the airport or something like that i love you so much i love you enough to pick you up from the airport that's right i love you enough to pick you up from the airport you just recently put out one about i can't i can't self-quarantine i can't quarantine my love for you and it's a picture of a person in a full-on top to bottom you know suit you know like health health safety suit uh so yeah so you've got a lot of 
things you're doing with your art being that it's, you know, it's, you even use the word out, uh, off podcast about a sense of it being illegal, right? You don't, and I love that you talked about permission. I want to dive into that a little bit. So how did this whole thing emerge with the, the images, putting yourself in and the sayings all wrapped up that I'm assuming you're creating these things. You're not stealing them right. from other people. You are saying things yeah. with your words and your art and your, your literal image. And I'm going to put yeah. myself on, you're going to talk to my picture for a second. Cause I got to adjust something while you do it, but keep talking. No about recording. So basically the, the reason that I decided to kind of focus primarily on words as opposed to images is, is that I, I started looking at what other street artists kind of offered the world and what I could offer that was not just derivative of that, but was, you know, unique. And for me, my artwork kind of, I would say this, you know, in general with, with everything that I do, but specifically with this, I, I wanted to create stuff that was, uh, you know, vulnerable and honest. You know, I think those are two key ingredients to really kind of connecting with people is, is being vulnerable, being honest, being, um, you know, true to who you are. Uh, scars and all. And so for me, I, I really wanted to create, you know, artwork that could speak to, to, to people from that place. And, you know, as a person who grew up and I, I was never, I, you know, particularly good at drawing, I was never particularly good at, um, at painting or, or, or any kind of visual art form, but I felt like I, I had some skill writing and, and creating, um, you know, messages and ideas. And, whether you could call them sort of lyrics or poetry or, or you know, small pieces of humor, um, you know, encouragement, wisdom, or, or hope, you know, all those things to me felt like I, I could convey those things with words. And, and I kind of, I also noticed a lot that with graffiti aspect of street art, um, there's a, there's a, there's a very, it's almost like a, um, a hidden language, a sort of secret language that was, that you kind of need to be versed. You need to kind of grow up around it and get a sense of like, okay, this, this is what they're communicating with this, you know, with these visuals, with this kind of, you know, sort of font, this sort of, um, you know, all those different aspects of graffiti. I think that, that at times can feel a little um, exclusive, you know, and you can feel sort of like, Oh, well, I didn't grow up, you know, on the LA street. So I don't really know what this graffiti is supposed to be trying to communicate. And so for me, I wanted to create artwork that was very clear in what it was trying to communicate, that That's almost anybody could walk by it, yeah. see the artwork, read the message and feel like, I get it, you know? And granted, there are some things where I use, you know, metaphors or sort of uh, analogies or, 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 you know, sort of use kind of poetry and, and maybe that will go over some people's heads or, or be, you know, um, uh, in some way mis misinterpreted. But, but at the same time, I felt like I was you know, text, there's something that's pretty wonderful about, about just the visual of, of text and typography. And so mm -hmm. I thought, you know, well, why don't I just, you know, if I want to create art that's, that's honest and true to who I am, why don't I lean into uh, that what I sort of perceive as my, as my strength and, and sort of own it and say, you know what, this is going to be artwork that's text-based, that's primarily um, a message and a text that is to be read, you know, and that in many ways has been, a challenge in some ways because, you know, sometimes they can feel limiting, you know, I've been doing this now for, you know, more than a decade. And, and, uh, and I will say that it's, it's, um, it, you know, I'm always, I'm, I try to sort of keep it fresh, but I also, you know, want to stay true to, to, to where I started and my intentions for, for why I started doing what I do. But, um, but yeah, so that's basically how I sort of started doing the text thing. And then again, I, I wanted people to feel a connection to it. In, in a personal way. And that's why I started drawing myself into it. And, 
I, I've joked in the past about how if I'd really thought about it, I might have been a little bit more careful as far as what I, you know, you know, drawing myself into my artwork because uh, it's just so easy to just draw a dick on my face. You know what I mean? Like, or, or to, uh, you know, to, to, to draw, give me a Hitler mustache or something like that. So, uh, so there are things that are challenges to that. And, you know, it's funny too, as far as like people, you know, sometimes I'm a, I've been accused of, of creating artwork that's sort of very easy to, you know, um, sell. It's, you know, because I think, you know, in the last few years, quotes have become a very big part of, you know, social media in terms mm -hmm. of everybody sort of posting an inspirational quote Memes or whatever. And gifts, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. So there's a little bit of me that's sort of like, Hey, now, come on. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the same as that. I'm not just a Hallmark thing, but, but, um, you know, at the same time, you know, if I had really thought about making money off of this, I probably wouldn't have just used text because in many ways, you know, you can describe what, uh, a Vincent van Gogh painting looks like, but it's never really the same thing unless the other person is seeing it. Whereas you can kind of just remember what my message was and you pretty much mm -hmm. accomplished the goal of, of the, of the piece of art, I guess. So there are challenges with what I do and why I do it, but, uh, but it definitely, I, I, you know, I don't really know any other way to do it. You know, my comments are coming from a place of someone who appreciates art. I don't I didn't go to art school. I took art classes. I'm a filmmaker, writer, director, screenwriter. So cool. we'll, talk, we'll talk about that stuff too. But I, I'm definitely drawn to, and I say this with, you know, compliment, but I love the simplicity of, of the font. I love the, the way that there's a real relatable element that, you know, I also, I'm sure everybody loves Banksy. You have a, you know, a Banksy street life, you know, street graffiti type connection to, I think what I'm saying here too, but there's also something like you said, like really ground level accessible. And I think that's something that's really attractive for me, you know, that I'm really interested in and I engage in. And uh, so you're saying you're, you got some pushback on some of the sense of being maybe too commercial or what do you mean? Can you say more about like what that's looked like in your career and how do you, how do you make a living being a street artist? Well, you know, it's a challenge and, and especially now because there was a while where street art was kind of the flavor of the month uh, as far as like the pop culture goes, you know. And so there was a while where there was a lot of people that were, you know, spending crazy amounts of money on, on pieces of art and galleries. And there was a, a while where, you know, uh, sort of people were posting a lot about it and, and, and energy was really high for street art. Uh, and that's kind of faded over the last few, I'd say, years or so. Um, and that, you know, but to me, I, I didn't really get into it to kind of be a flavor of the month type of a thing. And so for me, it was always a little foreign to feel like, you know, um, I, I just never was, was a hundred percent comfortable with, with feeling like the kind of hot new thing. Um, and, and obviously I think there's a lot of artists that, you know, Banksy being one that are, that, that are, there's a reason why people connect with so much of their work. You know, that he creates that I think resonates with people is I think, you know, really uh, there, there's a reason why people like and connect to it. And yeah, that, that's going to sometimes become, you know, co-opted by a sort of uh, trend or whatever. But at the same time, I think, you know, if the artists that get into it, get into it with pure intentions, I think they can survive sort of, um, you know, scenes. It's, it's funny how much it feels like street art for a while was sort of like, I guess you could say like maybe grunge music or like maybe emo where it's like you have a kind of like moment and, and then, and then sort of when that fades then you start to look at, okay, who are the bands that kind of 
survived through that moment, you know, passing? Where, who are the bands that still remain relevant throughout uh, their sort of the moment when their trend kind of changed, you know? So my hope is always to try and, you know, maintain some kind of relevancy as, you know, in my artwork. And, and you definitely feel a connection to that uh, in a strong way because of the fact that it's street level and you're getting kind of feedback pretty quickly, you know, as opposed to, you know, a person who spends years making a, you know, an album or something like that, like they're, they're going to create it, put it out and then be like, Oh, I guess this is the response after I spent a year writing and recording this music. And so for me, I can create something and put it on the street the same day and, you know, post it online and pretty quickly get a response and, and see what, you know, people think of it. So as far as like pushback that I've gotten, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny just that it's changed over these, you know, there was a while where the pushback I was getting was from, you know, other street artists that didn't like what I was doing. They thought maybe it was too sentimental or they thought that it was too easy or, you know, and there's, there's elements of, of, you know, um, people who feel like, Oh, well, we would, we've been doing this, you know, for, for forever. And all these, you know, hipster white kids get into it and they make a bunch of money off of it. We've been risking our, you know, necks on the streets of LA and, and New York and all these other, you know, big cities for, you know, so long. And these guys come in and all of a sudden they're not getting arrested. They're selling, you know, their pieces and galleries for thousands of dollars, which I think is a valid argument, you know, yeah, that, a valid yeah. you know, problem to have. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like I'm not, I don't create art for, for the approval or for the sense of, um, of getting into that club that some, some people, you know, feel obligated to, you know, so, so I try not to create artwork that's too self-referential, you know, for me, my artwork is always for the people, the person that's reading it, it's walking by. Ideally, I always want, you know, a million people to walk by something and, and all feel like I created it just for them, you know, so you want to create artwork that's broad and can relate to a lot of people, but also specific and unique enough that, that each person feels like, wow, this is like unique to me and what I'm going through and unique to me and, and sort of my struggles or, or even just things that I can relate to. So finding that sweet spot between those two worlds of broad enough that enough that a lot of people will get it, you know, that pass it and unique enough that each person will feel like it has something specific for them. Uh, that's always what I, I strive for in, when I create my artwork. And how has that become, I mean, is this your job? I mean, people, I think are interested, like, okay, with their art, how do they make a living from it? I mean, I yeah. myself, I work multiple jobs, <laughs> so I know that the struggle is real. So what does that look like for you in LA? Well, you know, there was quite a while where it was, it was enough to, you know, I was selling enough uh, 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 artwork online, you know, whether it was prints or whether it was in a gallery or, or you know, I, I, um, uh, publisher put out two books, two collections of my artwork that I, that I put together. And, and, uh, you know, I was, I, there's, there's, there's a fair amount of money to be made from that. But, uh, recently I, about a year and, and a half ago, my wife and I had a kid. Uh, and so I've wanted a little bit more consistency. So I, I, I'll take, you know, work, you know, whether it's graphic artwork or, um, you know, sometimes I'll work editing something, you know, uh, you know, whether it's like an, an actor's reel or something like that. So I do have a, a day job that, that I, that I do now, uh, because I just, I needed something that would, that could pay my bills, you know, consistently, uh, since I have a kid and my wife uh, doesn't have the ability to, to work as consistently as she once did before the kid. So, um, but that said, you know, I think that, uh, I mean, I'm 38 years old and, and, uh, I think that there's a time in a person's life when, when it's good to be, you know, um, 
scraping by and, you know, just, just living that art life, you know, and, and there's, I think that, that, uh, it's great when you, when you find the moment in your life where you're like, you know what, maybe I want to start putting a little bit of money in savings and having something sort of set away and start being responsible. But, you know, I definitely went through, you know, my twenties, you know, very, very much, you know, uh, hand to mouth and, and, and just, just getting by on artwork. And I think great, uh, that's a great era to live in as well. It's very defining, I think, for all of us creatives to have that. And in some way, I haven't gotten through it or over it yet. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still living hand to mouth, sure. and you know, I we dream. My wife and I have three kids, so we dream about the day when <laughs> we won't be there. Especially now with all the virus stuff. I mean, I've lost so many gigs, and so many postponements, and stuff. It's such a unique time. And at the same yeah. time, I got a couple gigs because of it because conferences right. were canceled. So the CEO wanted to film and edit their you know keynote and put it out to their company so great we do we do that but man it's, it is a tough time so yeah. so are you doing um editing is that kind of your full-time gig i mean your it's, day it's job? a little bit of everything like okay. right now i uh my my one of my more recent gigs was designing the the tour artwork for a band called everclear if you remember them mm-hmm. from I, the yep. they're yep. uh they're, they're they're touring still and so i i, I designed the singer art Alex Akis is, uh, I designed his solo album cover. And so now I, then I, now I'm doing the, the Everclear tour, uh, artwork. And so things like that, I'm working with uh, a company or a, a, a show called Mortified that has a, a great podcast and they do a show, a show in LA where people read, um, from their childhood journals. And I've it's heard of it. Yeah. Hilarious. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm working with them and doing some artwork for them and, and there's little things like that. And then, and then, yeah. And then I'll pick up a, a gig, you know, uh, editing stuff, you know, which I, I think is another thing I, I highly recommend to all artists is, you know, um, give, give yourself as many different ways of paying mm-hmm. the bills as you can, you know, like pick up skills wherever you can, whether, you know, if you, if you say, you know, I, I want to be a screenwriter, that's great, but there's nothing wrong with being a screenwriter and also learning how to use Adobe Premiere and right. also knowing how to use, you know, like, if you can, you know, learn a camera and figure out how to shoot stuff, you know, like it's, it's, it's always invaluable to have as many skills as possible. And and then I would say also, you know, it helps your artwork too. If you can figure out all these different ways, you know, like, uh, and all these different skills that you can learn that, that, that can inform and inspire you to create, you know, your artwork in, in many different ways, you know, and sometimes it, it can be something where you can also realize like, okay, I definitely don't want to do this. You know, for me, that thing was, okay, I definitely, you know, want to avoid working in reality TV if I can avoid it, you know, as far as like just wanting to create stuff that I felt was, you know, um, had some, some value to it beyond, you know, uh, sort of just trashy reality. And there's great reality TV. I don't get me wrong. There's, there's, there's stuff that I would, you know, I think they prefer unscripted morally. They prefer unscripted. You're right. Sorry. No, just kidding. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, you know, I feel like there's there's a difference between between the bad stuff and the good sure. stuff. But I can, you know, I think it's just good to to, you know, decide. Okay, I'm going to teach. I'm going to learn and, and gather as many skills as I possibly can that can make me as 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 vital to any job I could possibly get. Um, and then I'm going to realize sort of these are the sort of boundaries I want to set down on that life. You know, if yep. you say to yourself, you know, I can't do this and sort of feel like I'm keeping my soul, then that's, that's a good, you know, boundary to take. And, and the more skills you have, the more freedom you have to avoid those things you don't want to do. Yeah. Good. 
uh, fellow friend and podcaster Alex Ferrari talks about for the filmmaking community having multiple revenues for your projects, meaning yes. can you create a docu-series of the making of your narrative film as well as merchandise and t-shirts as well as a podcast or whatever. And so, yeah, yeah, I highly recommend that. We have to be super creative in these times and times are really different and they're changing super fast. There's many different ways to monetize these days and, you know, using your your skills and your experiences i think is another interesting part like being able to talk to people and and do speeches and keynotes and and that type of thing there's so many opportunities that's great can you talk a little bit about i really am interested in uh the permission base you talked about you know a lot of us artists are waiting for permission but you recognize oh i can just take it on my own and start creating these things but then you also talked about there's an illegal there was at least a a part of the street art that was a little bit so illegal in danger. Yeah. yeah. Talk about that. I mean, how do, how do you yeah. get your stuff out there? Do you, are you literally in the night with a bandana on, you know, painting? Well, I find that actually it's helpful to behave as though, you know, if you, if you act as though you have an authority or that you're, that you're doing something uh, with, with permission, people generally assume, Oh, he must, he must be doing something uh, that, that he has permission to do. They just, they'll sort of just believe your, your, whatever kind of attitude. <laughs> on. So it's like a good confidence. Off, exactly. <laughs> and so I, I often, more often than not, will create artwork just in the, in the daytime, in the middle of the day, because oftentimes like it's, it's harder to believe that, that, uh, I have permission if I'm, you know, crawling around at 4am, you know? All right. Um, so I've, I, I'll do stuff in the middle of the day and you kind of, you know, I just, I just do it with a sort of sense of, confidence to it sometimes i'll wear a, a like an orange construction vest as though i'm you know um i've been hired by somebody to, to to put something up i mean what i do is very similar to uh to the to the advertisers you know and we oftentimes we'll use a similar space you'll see a lot of people putting up those fly posters for for uh for whatever you know band is putting out an album or, or, or rapper or whatever. And so, you know, if you, I can use a lot of the same sort of mentality and oftentimes, uh, get away with, with things, you know, I, I also feel like there's kind of two levels of, uh, of street art. And that is that you can create something that is, um, higher up, farther away. That's a little bit, it's a little bit harder to get to harder to see, and generally, those are going to last a lot longer on the street, those pieces, those sort of rooftop pieces, those things that are sort of that, you know, require some Spider-Man activity to get to. Um, and then there's the stuff that's 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 low level that is really easy to tear down, paint over uh, to, you know, do whatever you, you know, throw a different poster over it, whatever. Those things are generally not going to last as long on the streets, but I like to, I like them because they're also you're going to get a lot more interaction in a short amount of time. So a poster that's like right up in someone's face uh, is going to is you know a lot more people are going to see that even though it's probably not going to last more than a week. So I put stuff up um, as, as often as I can, you know, using wheat paste, which is a um, a glue that can be made with uh, water and flour um, and a little sugar to make it a little more tacky and. Uh, sometimes I'll use wallpaper paste. Sometimes I'll use paste that's, you know, is created by this guy um, uh, called Earl Lube. That's pretty great. Um, and uh, yeah, and I just, I just try, just walk around and find spots. I do look for spots that aren't going to do a lot of property damage. I always want to be conscious of that. Uh, I never wanted someone to say like, oh, that's a positive message, but it's expressed in a destructive way. So yeah, I look cool. for spots that aren't going to, that aren't 
really like no one's going to show up and be like, oh, this wrecks my day because now I have to spend a bunch of time peeling this thing off or whatever, you know. So I look for a lot of like boarded up windows where after the building is sold or, or fixed or whatever, the boards come down and no damage has been done. I love uh, temporary construction walls, walls that are covering up construction sites because you can just put something up and it's, I mean, the, the wall itself is going to come down at some point, but also it's just, it's just a planks of wood, you know? Mm. I love those gray uh, electrical boxes that power the streetlights. I love, um, you know, uh, just stuff like that. There's, there's just so many opportunities, I think, to, to say, you know, a person would walk by this any other day and they would just see a gray electrical box or a boarded up building. Why not put a piece of artwork that hopefully yeah. will make their day a little bit better and a little bit happier? And so I think because I keep that in mind when I create my artwork, I think it makes me a little bit less of a target for police. I have been stopped by police. I have been, you know, uh, uh, lectured and I have been, you know, uh, gotten very close to being arrested, but oftentimes that I can kind of talk my way out of it. And it does help that I can peel my stuff off while it's still drying because it's essentially like, you know, wallpaper. And, and, uh, if, uh, if I'm caught red handed, I can kind of take it down and say, I'll never do it again. And then, you know, as soon as they let me go, I'm off to do it again. <laughs> and you could always blame your, you know, your crimes on Dan Levy, actor from Schitt's Creek. Do you watch there that? You go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you got a great look. You guys both have the similar vibe. I love I'll take it. it. He's a good looking guy. I've yeah. actually done a few different, you know, people. One time I was in a, uh, um, a Barnes and Noble and someone walked up and he was like, uh, I'm sorry. I just, I just want to let you know, I thought you were Robert Downey Jr. for the longest time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you. And, and then I was kind of hoping like, is he going to say mainly during the drug years? You look like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> or um, uh, what's his name? Adam Levine. You got an Adam Levine look. Sure. In college, I used to get Rivers Cuomo all the time. It's I don't know who that is. Classes. Who's that? He's a singer from Weezer. Weezer. Okay. I, I got Nicolas Cage one time on the airplane and I was very insulted, I guess. I was like, well, I don't know what to do with that, but thank you. Oh, I think Nicolas Cage gosh. is great. Do you? Okay. Well, I don't know. About that. Uh, so, hey, let's talk about um, your, your influences. Who influences you? What gets you inspired and in going about creating stuff or anything you want to talk about, like things that just pop in you and make you want to create? Sure. Well, my primary influences are my relationships with family and friends. I try to do my best to like listen to what they're going through and create artwork that's that would be that would that would speak to them if they saw it. Um, I always try to you know come from again a place of my own sort of vulnerability, my own sort of honesty, because I wanted to be able to say, okay, if I was walking down the street, what's something that would be you know encouraging to me? What's something that would make me laugh? What's something that I would be like, ah, that you know they get it, you know. I always feel like if I can't relate to something, I can't expect anybody else to. So I definitely try to mine those relationships as, as best I can to sort of figure out what is something that other people are, you know, are going through that maybe I can't appreciate as much, but through my friends and family, I can understand that, that those challenges. And as far as like other artwork, you know, I, I of course love all of the great street artists. I mean, there's a million different, you know, artists that are doing stuff, whether it is Banksy or Shepard Fairey or, you know, um, OS Jamesos in Brazil, they're great. Um, I love, uh, Slinkachu in, in England. He's great. He creates great work. Um, there's a, a great Australian artist, um, Miguel outs. What's his, how do you say his name? Um, but you know, Instagram is full of, of great artists that, that can, that will inspire you. And 
And I think that's great. But I do think it's also important for artists to um, be careful not to become derivative of the artwork that they admire. Mm. So I'm always, I always challenge people to, if they, you know, if they like, you know, if they're, if they're filmmakers, you know, don't just, if you love Quentin Tarantino, don't try to make another Quentin Tarantino movie, try to become your own voice, try to become your own, uh, you know, artist. And so I always think that the, the easiest way to, to do that is to try and strip away all the stuff that you like and say, okay, what makes me different than the stuff that I like? What can I create that, that is, that is unique to me? Oftentimes I think that's, that's through embracing our own flaws, embracing our experiences that maybe we're embarrassed of, or that we're, that were, you know, that were frustrating disappointments, things like that. And then I think on top of that, it's also uh, embracing as much different kinds of art. You know, if you're, if you want to be a great filmmaker, then I recommend, you know, listening to jazz. Then I recommend, you know, going and looking at photographs. For me, one of the greatest assets, you know, when I, as a, as a writer was um, a comic book class that I took in college because it really made me understand how to communicate things with as, as little um, visuals and as little text as possible. Because obviously in the case of a comic book, you're going to see a frame and then another frame where a person's moved and, and your brain then translates that to movement, you know? So the power of the image, the power of, of, of what a person can, can, um, can absorb quickly, to me that was, that was really empowering because it, it made me realize I need to be incredibly economical because people are not going to always be looking at my stuff for more than 10 seconds. They're probably mm-hmm. driving by it you know, at 35 miles an hour when they see it. So I need to be able to create uh, you know, not only an image but also a message that can be ingested pretty quickly and they can... you know spend the next half an hour driving along thinking about what it means for them, but it needs to be something that can be kind of absorbed quickly. So you're going to find inspiration, I think, as an artist, the more that you sort of reach out and, and the more that you, I mean, as I said before, for me, a, a big inspiration was, was just discovering that there was so many different kinds of art when I went to art school. And so I just recommend that, that any person who is, is, uh, is creating artwork, that they would uh, just broaden their, their heart horizons as much as possible you know go see a ballet go see opera go see you know um you know interpretive dance there's just there's there's no end to to what you can learn about yourself and what you can learn about uh, about the art you want to create that's good i like that broaden the horizons a little bit um what's we're gonna we'll do a couple quick answer quick round stuff but what's something you've made recently that you liked what's one of your projects that you've liked that you've made recently uh, well, I recently finished writing a novel, which was Ooh. which was new to me because I'm obviously I'm I'm so used to creating stuff that's in sh- really short bursts, and I wanted to uh, to try and work that muscle a little bit more in terms of of length and to create something that was you know not not small and sh- short and brief. So I created I wrote a novel, and I, it was so exciting to to just to be able to work that muscle. And take a break, you know, from from uh, from creating stuff that's so small and short. Uh, and so I, I just really enjoyed the, the process of it, and I, I really liked being able to write something not only you know different than than the posters I make, but also from the screenplays. In the sense that you know you could spend as much time as you want in a novel uh, going inside the mind of a character, right. and really kind of broadening, um, widening out what that person, who that person is, what their history is, all the different things that that in a screenplay people are going to say like, okay, but 
this is too slow or this, you know, this, you, you, you wouldn't really see this on screen, so don't put it in or, you know. Um, and so the idea of being able to create artwork that, uh, that had no limits was, was nice because so much of what I do is pretty rigid in its limitations. What is, do you have a name for it? Is it done? Are you still working on it? I'm still working on it. I, I just finished a draft of it and I'm, I'm excited to, to, to try and get it out there and we'll see what happens. I, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm always hesitant because I spent so many years creating artwork where I didn't need any permission. I didn't need anybody's help to create it. I could just kind of put it out there immediately. But you know, when you write a novel, you need to get a, you know, an agent to try and get it to publishers and then you need publishers yeah. to, to publish it and then you need people to buy it and, and, and to read it. So <laughs> you know, going, you know, wading back slowly into that world is, is, uh, is something that is, I'm not excited to do because right. I've, I've gotten so used to having complete power. Um, but we'll see what happens. We just had a writer from the New York times named Henry Alford, and he's got a couple books. He was on episode 50, the one right before you, if you want to check that cool. out, he talks a lot about his books and publishing and that's a whole, whole different uh, realm. So good luck with that. Thanks. All right. So what are some of your biggest obstacles and frustrations? In my artwork or just in my life? Life, whatever you want to share. <laughs> I would say time. Time is the biggest obstacle and frustration for me in general. It's just, I, I think that when I was younger, I didn't realize that the full, uh, the full value of time. Time to me now is, is more precious than money. I mean, you know, everything I do, I need to quantify it as far as like, you know, scheduling and figuring out like, okay, do I have time to do this? Is this something that... You know, because everything that, that you say yes to means you're saying no to something else, even yeah. even things that you want to do, you know. So there's a lot of things that I, I have to just be careful and just be more um, miserly with my time and saying, you know, okay, if I do this, that means I'm not going to be able to do this, 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 or this. So I just, you know, I have to say no to those things or, or you know, whatever. And as far as uh, I'm sure you get it with, you know, three kids, it's it, you're just constantly fighting to just like, you know, um, to steal away just a few minutes to work on any, you know, whatever project that you want, sure. because there are people that, that need you, you know, need your attention and need your focus. And they see, you know, my kid is, I love him to death. And so I, you know, I just <laughs> want to, you know, be the best father that I can be to him, you know, but sometimes being the best father also means saying, I need to take this time to do right. this thing because it's part of who I am. And hopefully it'll be something that means something to you someday. And, you know, but, but it's always just a challenge. I just wish, I wish I just had more time, you know? I get it. Yeah. I mean, I always feel like I, I have to t had to tell my kids the same thing about when my wife and I go out on a date, you know, it's so hard. They don't want us to go. It's like, Hey, in order for mom and dad to be good mom and dad, we have to go on a date and spend time with each other. In order for me Definitely. to be a good dad and husband, I need solo time to be creative. And I mean, yeah, it's a good self care technique yeah. in general. Yeah. That's sure. great. For have you sure. cried? Have you cried recently? And what was it about? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that same thing. Parenting times. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I am a sucker for videos online about like, uh, that, that showcase animals either being friends with other species of animals <laughs> uh, or it's like, Oh my gosh, the horse is best friends with a cat, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. or anything with, um, with like, uh, you know, children. Now I, I was, you know, before I had a kid, I was never as, as, as sappy with, with kid stuff, but like, 
you know, I can't watch movies that, that like have, have kids in them, you know, with, with like children aspects and, and not be like, Oh my gosh, my kid. you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's like, what were you like? I mean, I was talking to my friend the other day about that, you know, the movie inside out. Have yeah. you seen that? The sure. movie? Yeah, Many like the, times, yeah. That, yeah. It's a great movie. And, and there's that sequence where, you know, with the, the imaginary friend bing bong. Bing yeah. Bong, and it's like, <laughs> I just yeah. like, you know, I'm like, what are you doing to me? You're, you are, this is, this whole movie was, was created with the express purpose of making me sob. That yeah. seems to be it. And you're succeeding wildly. So yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm an easy cry. I'm an easy, uh, I'm an easy, um, I love things too much. You know, like I was, my wife made fun of me because we were talking about a friend who was hesitant to say, I love you to their, to their girlfriend who they had been dating. Not, not very long, but you know, they were, they're doing that sort of thing. The, the, when do we say I love you thing? Sure. I'm like, yeah, I think I just say it right away. And I'm not, you know, it's like, I was like, I, I say, I love you to, to, you know, every single cat that I see on the street, that's like a stray <laughs> and I mean it completely, you know? Yeah, so, that's great. um, yeah, I, I, I uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sappy and sentimental in general, which I suppose when people accuse me of, uh, and my artwork of, of being that, I guess I can't deny it. That's great. I love it. Remember when sadness, I mean, sadness was so good. That's sad. You're yeah. sad. <laughs> I think I've shown that actually uh, many, many times to prove a point. That's a great thing. Oh, uh, I love the you... one part in the movie where they, where she knocks over a box uh, and she's and there. She's trying to put the stuff back in the box. And she says, uh, oh, I knocked over these opinions and these facts. And she's like, I, I don't know what's what they, they look so similar, you know? Mm. And it's so true that like we, you know, we're constantly mixing up our personal opinions with facts. Yeah, and so I just, good. I mean, the, the, the beauty of that, of that idea and, and that, you know, really having it articulated in such a way that all of a sudden you're like, that makes sense. You know, right. I, what I love about that movie. And I think what I love about art in general is that art, really is there and, and and its express purpose is to be able to articulate for people who have felt something but haven't been able to say it and so mm. i always want my artwork i want someone to walk by my artwork and say you know i felt exactly that but finally someone has been able to say it in in a in a short and concise way and now i feel like the relief of that you know mm. and the great thing about creating something that is from yourself is that when people write and they say like you know, thank you so much for writing that. It meant so much to me because of this thing that I'm going through. You know, I felt like someone really got me. Me saying, or rather, when I hear people say that, I, I you know, I want to respond to them and say, like, the fact that you're saying that means that you got me. So here we are together. We're understanding each other a little bit better. The world is just a slightly better place because we've learned how to 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 share this experience together and and, and understand ourselves and others and. I mean, God, what else is there, you know? So good. This next question is a lot of your artwork. So what would you say to people who are facing rejection and just want to give up? You know, I would say two things, you know, I think the first thing I would say is don't give up. You know, um, I would say that, that, uh, that rejection is my, my theory is that you learn so much more from failure than you do from success. You know, you, you learn who you are, you learn what you want, you learn, what you don't want and you learn, uh, you know, what you're willing to do to get what you want and how, you know, what kind of perseverance, you know, you have inside of you. And, and I think that that is a very vital thing to have. I think that, you know, it's, it's, 
you're never going to figure out who you are as a human being, as an artist, unless you fail a few times. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, that, you know, figuring yourself out is, is the, is the whole reason for existence. Also say, you know, I don't think that our society has really, um, has really equipped people with the ability to fail. Um, and to, you know, and to, and to feel it and to, and to absorb the wisdom that you can get from that, but then stand back up again. And, and I think I've, I've also realized that this world really is not allowing people to pivot and to change and to re and to evolve what they want. You know, like, I think that, that it's important for a person to say to themselves, okay, what, what do I want to accomplish with my artwork? What do I want to accomplish with my goals in life? And then to say, is there a way that I can get that that doesn't require these things that, that seem to be, you know, stumbling blocks for me, you know, is there a way to get it without, you know, um, you know, like I, you know, I talked to a person once and she said, you know, I, I always wanted to be a dancer, but then I, after, you know, enough time passed, I realized I just wanted to be really good at something. And mm -hmm. when I was young, I started dancing and, you know, and as I've gotten older, it's become more you know difficult for me and the rejection is really intense. And, and, you know, my thing was like, okay, so you just wanted to be good at something. So maybe try and find something else that you can be good at, you know, and that you can get that thing that you're after that feeling, that sense of, of, um, of accomplishment that you're, that you're seeking. And so for me, I think it's important that people in their quest to not give up also take moments in their, in their, you know, in their journey to say, is it possible that what I'm refusing to give up on, I just need to re, you know, reinvent in my mind, you know? So there's a poster I have that says it's not giving up if you realize you're chasing the wrong destiny. And to me, I think that's an important message for people, especially out in LA, because a lot of them are out here and they're trying to be movie stars. They're trying to be, you know, famous. And, and, and a lot of those people think that what they want is, is one thing, but sometimes they don't, they get it and they realize that they don't want it, that, Oh, sure. I, I wasn't chasing, uh, you know, winning an Oscar. What I was chasing was the sense of I'm good enough that I'm, yeah. that, you know, that, that yeah. I'm, I'm a value and that people can love me. And that maybe if I have this, you know, this award, then I'll learn to love myself. And it's like, sometimes you just need to learn to love yourself and accept that you're not, that the Oscar might not be the thing that, 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 that fixes that for you. But at the same time, also, I think, you know, um, it's, it's just a question of, of, again, just realigning your thoughts and saying, you know, is there a way that I can get what I want uh, without having to suffer this? Because it can be really, you know, frustrating and, and disappointing and just soul, you know, devouring. So mm. I think that the trick is, yeah, it's, it's, it's constantly reassessing why you're doing something. Yeah, that's good. Sounds like you have something on an LA wall somewhere that says getting the Oscar might not fix you. <laughs> well, I definitely, I, I had a poster that said getting famous won't complete you. I like it. Um, I love it. And, and I think that's true. You know, I think that, uh, that everybody, every single person, you know, who, who is, who feels, um, you know, I, I look at, you know, these huge movie stars and these huge, you know, like celebrities and, and, you know, a lot of them are really frustrated by the trappings of fame, but, they all thought they wanted that when they started. Sure. Chasing. Oh yeah. And that's not to say that we shouldn't, our society shouldn't re-examine the way we treat celebrities and the, and, and how they, they, you know, are sort of the existence they have to live through because 
you know, there are people out there that just want to be actors and it's not their fault that they're just really good at it and people yeah. will celebrate them for it. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, there are ways of, of, uh, again, of, if you realize I, what I wanted was to accomplish one thing and it comes with all these things that I don't like, is it possible to adjust so that you can get that thing and, and shed the things you don't like and not, not be, you know, um, inhibited by them. So we are last two, two questions. Uh, we are called brave maker. We always love hearing how people might define what does that mean to be a brave maker? I think that, you know, courage and, and, and the idea of being brave, I think is, is vital in life. I mean, you need to be brave to, to, to face off rejection. You need to be brave to, to put yourself out there. Not, not even necessarily like I, I don't have to worry about being rejected when I put up a poster but I have to worry uh, that I will have failed in what my, you know, my goal was in the case of, you know, I, it always bums me out when I feel like people have misinterpreted something that I've created. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like it's, it, it requires courage to, um, to be vulnerable and to be honest, to say, this is who I am. And this is, you know, this is what I'm not, this is what I wish I was. This is what I wish I, you know, I could, could change about myself this is what I don't think I'll ever be, no matter how hard I try, you know, and I think that within that courage, that's, you know, if, if you're willing to, to, to create and to make with courage, I think then people are going to respond to that because they're going to say, I wish I was, I had that, I wish I had that kind of courage, or they're just going to say, you know, thank you for, for stepping out and doing something because it made me feel a little less alone in this world. Well, Morley, thanks so much for taking time. I'm really glad that we got to connect. And again, I'm a fan of your work someday when we, uh, right now we have just one little room that we rent, but we're dreaming about bigger space and expansive studios. I'd love to have a Morley original on our wall. So we'll stay, we'll stay connected. So final question is where can people find you and connect with you online? Yeah, yeah, I'm on uh, online at IamMorley.com, I-A-M-Morley, M-O-R-L-E-Y.com. Uh, I'm also on Instagram under official underscore Morley. Uh, I post on there as, as often as I can. And uh, say, you know, Facebook, I think it's Facebook.com slash MorleyArt. Um, yeah, so any of those websites work, any of those uh, social media accounts work. Great. Check the notes for all those links and follow and uh, make sure you post some comments on some of his artwork. Thanks again, Morley. Have a great day. Stay healthy with you and your wife and your son. And uh, I hope that this coronavirus inspires a lot more uh, things that we're going to see across LA and, and the, the, the interwebs. <laughs> right on, man. Thank you. Great all right. Talking, see ya. Thanks so much, Morley. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating and share with a friend. BraveMaker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Want to be social? Find us on Twitter and Instagram at BraveMaker, Inc. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.